Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris, and we're broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. And of course, this is your source for unfiltered, full-strength honesty, about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money now in this new real estate boom. So, Julie, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. It's a great topic today. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. We have seven great points, guys, the seven must-have top producer or top 1% millionaire agent traits. And these are this kind of basically is a real drill down on what it is that the best of the best, the richest of the rich agents that you might want to, the, you know, the attributes they have, the mindsets that they have, the things that they do, that maybe you do, but you want to basically maybe put a little bit more aptitude on your ability to get results from it. So before we get to those seven points, Julie, anything interesting yes. you'd like to share with the listeners, uh, experiences you've had on any of your coaching calls today or free coaching well, calls or whatnot? You know, what's funny is being that you and I have coaching clients all over the country and we are constantly on the phone with coaching clients very consistently, we tend to see trends happening. Sometimes before even the agents themselves see the trends happening, just based on what they're, you know, what they're telling us about their markets, and I'm seeing more inventory. I'm seeing that, you know, it's kind of exciting on one end because the more inventory you have, the more competition there is, the more careful the sellers are in who they select because it starts to matter more, which means the skill level of the agent starts to not just matter more, but indeed become appreciated, uh, appreciated more. And that's exciting to see because a lot of our agents have spent a lot of time working on their skill, getting their pre-listing packages, their listing presentations together, their pre-qualification scripts, etc. And especially as the market changes, that becomes more and more important to have all of that together. You know, when it's a, an all-out real estate boom and there's low inventory and there's multiple offers on everything, well, you know, sometimes the sellers will say, maybe you underpriced it, and then you have that conversation. So. I think that we're seeing more inventory, generally speaking, still a nice, strong market, lots of sales going on. Most of my clients have more closings this month than they've ever had before. So it's all exciting news. Well, you know, I'll tell you a recurring theme from all the uh, calls I've done today mm-hmm. is keep working. Don't back mm-hmm. off because a lot of my students and a lot of the free yeah, coaching calls so I'm doing, you know, people that are involved in one of our coaching programs, they're having the best years that they may have ever had since they've been in real estate, but certainly for the last maybe seven to ten years. And the, mo- mm-hmm. the takeaway that I try to leave all of them with is keep working. Don't slow down. Right. Remember Don't make it a fluke. Make it a habit. Exactly. Right, exactly. Don't make it just so you had a great six months. Make it so you have a great year. Make it so you have a great career. So the mindset is, is what did it take for you or what were you doing, say, 90 to 120 days ago that you need to be doing now? Your success now is because the past version of you was working, was doing what they were supposed to do, was being frosty, was following up on the leads, was going on listing appointments, getting price reductions, doing their job. Are you now doing what you did before that resulted in the success you're experiencing now? That's a real question you've got to be checking yourself on. And uh, chances are you're not, because what a lot of us get in the habit of, if we'll work, 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 We'll put some stuff in contract. We'll make some money, 
And then, you know, basically during the in-contract phase, we stop doing the work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Then you have to start it up all over again. So you might have a couple good months of the year, but because you had so many bad months, then your good months don't even really amount to anything because that money just is being spent for the money you should have been earning during the slower months. You guys can fix that cash spurts problem that so many of you experience by wrapping your minds around the fact that this is a business, this is an opportunity for you to make a tremendous amount of money, help thousands and thousands of people, depending on what your goals are. But you really have to treat it like a business, and you have to have your mind open to the fact that, hey, guess what? You can get more done in a day if you have a schedule. You need to be focusing on the types of things that are going to get you paid, and your way you're going to get paid is if you're helping a lot of people at a high level. So we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to share with you these seven great points. Get ready to take notes. According to the National Association of Realtors, only 10% of agents complete an amazing 90% of all transactions because they have a coach. If you want the production and performance that comes with being a top producer, then you need one too. Not just any coach, but the leaders in coaching today, Tim and Julie Harris. Don't just take our word for it. Listen to what HGTV star and Atlanta top producer Colette McDonald has to say. Hi, my name is Colette McDonald, and I'm with Remax in Atlanta, Georgia. I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to Tim and Julie Harris. I've been a coaching client of theirs for the last four years. When I first started in this business 12 years ago, I was very successful, did a great amount of business, averaged between eight and 10 million a year. When I contracted with Tim and Julie to be my graduate level coaches, my production increased by 20% per year. I am now trending 30 million this year. That's amazing results over four years of working with Tim and Julie Harris. I highly recommend them. Tiger Woods has a coach. And why does he have a coach? Because he can't see his swing. If you do what they tell you to, you will see huge results. I am living proof. Only Tim and Julie Harris provide powerful one-on-one coaching along with all the lead generation systems, scripts, presentations, team building, and business planning tools you need to dominate your real estate market. We offer affordable pricing with no long-term contracts, and our entire coaching staff are trained professional agents with top producing track records. Take action now and visit us online at freecoachingcallsforagents.com to schedule your free coaching call. There's no risk, no obligation, just a free, personal, one-on-one call with a trained professional coach. Join the elite 10% of agents who make all the difference in today's market. Visit freecoachingcallsforagents.com to get started. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. All right, so, Julie, the seven must-have top 1% millionaire agent traits. Point number one is market knowledge. Julie, what the heck does that mean? Market knowledge, boy, that covers a lot of different things, but I think if you were to whittle it down to a basic list, that includes things like, is your market trending up or down in terms of price, in terms of days on the market, in terms of list-to-sell price ratios, what's happening with your inventory? You know, I had a call with a client in Santa Clarita, California today, and she said six months ago there were about 250 listings on the market in her general market area, and now there's over 800 that's kind of a bit of a difference, and I asked how that was affecting her. She said, well, if she's going on a listing appointment uh, this week, 
And back then, just six months ago, she may have been the only house on the market, and now she knows there's at least five other homes in the area. She's going to go preview all of them, get to know all of them. And, you know, she's going to have to be a lot more careful on pricing and positioning and how she speaks with the seller and what they, you know, what their expectations are going to be. So market knowledge is days on the market, trending up or down, what's happening with your inventory, what are the hot pockets, the hot zip codes in your areas, what's moving, what's not, what's happening with interest rates. You know, there's a lot to that. Anybody who shows up to a, especially a listing appointment without knowing those facts, really, it's kind of malpractice, don't you think? Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, is the confidence that comes from knowing the market will make you, you know, frankly, it'll make you more bold. It'll make you more frosty. And frosty is another way of saying it'll make you more situationally aware. If you know the market, if you know uh, about the new listings, if you know about the price reductions, if you know about the recent sales, you're going to encourage, almost seek out conversations about real estate. Whereas so many of you guys, what you'll do is you just try to be secret agents. All right, Julie, the second point, point number two, energy and enthusiasm. Help them understand how important that is. Wow, such a huge, huge difference between agents who have it and agents who don't. People will work with you when you have energy and enthusiasm. Sound like someone that you'd want to work with. Some of you guys still sound like beaten down dogs or the market has handed you your you-know-what. That doesn't sound like somebody that clients and prospects want to work with. You've got to have enthusiasm for them their situation, if it's a listing, have enthusiasm for their house. And Tim, I, you know, I remember back when we were building our skills and, you know, we were maybe not as good at, right from the get-go as we eventually became. You know, we had a listing presentation, we had scripts, but we were still polishing them. That plus energy and enthusiasm equals earn while you learn. You don't have to be perfect at everything if you can kind of cover some of that with energy and enthusiasm, we're not saying go there and wing it and just count on your smile. That's the extreme. We don't want you to do that. Well, Remember, point number one was market knowledge. But actually having enthusiasm can get you – it can be the difference if it's a tiebreaker between working with you and somebody else. Be the one who sounds excited to be working with your prospect or your client. Well, let's be honest, Julie. Between those two, if you had to have a coaching client – that had you know someone that you had to invest your time in, someone that you're going to talk huh. with every week for yeah. a half hour, and you had a cho choice between somebody who had great market knowledge but had no energy and enthusiasm versus mm -hmm. someone who had great energy and enthusiasm but no market knowledge. Which would you rather coach? I go with the energy and enthusiasm because I can Why? add market knowledge. Exactly. It's harder That's to get somebody to, to create that energy and enthusiasm. And, you know, you don't have to wake up every morning, you know, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and can't wait to take on the world. That's too much to expect on a daily basis. That's not realistic. But on the days that you don't, you're not feeling that, go do 20 jumping jacks. Do some push-ups, you know. Take a walk. Talk to your best friend. Do something about it. Don't just say, well, I guess today is going to be a low-energy day. Because guess what? Right. On low-energy days, you're not going to make any money. Which will lead to more low-energy days? Which will lead to you being a Walmart greeter, assuming you can get the job. Point yeah, number three. That you. <laughs> That's right. Point number three, embrace the fact, the top 1%, the millionaire agents, embrace the fact, love the fact, brag about the fact that they are salespeople. Julie, what the heck does that mean? Yeah, well, people who embrace the fact and are not weird about it, are not secret agents, you know, our saying is that secret agents have skinny kids because, you know, they're not putting much food on the table. Um, you know, you are a salesperson. That's okay. People who want to buy or sell expect you to be a salesperson. 
And if you're not acting like it, that's what drives them to go to work with somebody else. So stop being well, weird about it. And I'll tell coaching clients, if you're one foot in the door and one foot out the door, you're not going to last in this business. You can't be trying out real estate. You're a salesperson. Well, that's right. Sell something. You are a salesperson. And, guys, guess what? In the history of history, who are the highest paid people? In the history of forever, the highest paid people have always been salespeople. And you guys, the reason that a lot of you guys have mooring lines or issues with calling yourself salespeople is because you personally have issues with salespeople. You don't have, let me clarify something. Everybody loves being sold. You love being sold. I love being sold. Remember the last time you went to a really good restaurant and the waiter was selling you on something that sounded absolutely delicious that you wouldn't have otherwise ordered? Mm -hmm. They were selling you. Virtually anything that you purchase that's more than the cost of a stick of gum, you are sold. You like being sold. What you don't like is being sold poorly. You're the, the salesman thing that so many agents have issues with is because so many people have this, uh, you know, the, the guy wearing the white belt and the white shoes and the, you know, the, the DuPont right. hairdo or whatever it is. It's too pushy and, the, you know, all those types of things. That isn't what you want to be. You want to be a great salesperson, a person that has energy and enthusiasm, a person that has market knowledge, and you then want to embrace the fact that you are there to help them accomplish a goal. Highly paid salespeople, at the end of the day, all there are intermediaries between the person who wants to buy or sell, you know, who wants to sell something, and then the person who wants to buy something. That is your job. Remove from your business cards, your, vena- your vernacular, your everything, anything other than the word realtor or salesperson. Stop calling yourself all these other things because it just it, it it confuses the public. Mm-hmm. It confuses the public as to what you do. You need to let people know that you're here to help them. You're a realtor. You are a salesperson, and take pride in that. Julie, point number four. Um, point number four is a really great point. It's also a point that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Their personal presentation, or more specifically, how you look. Julie, how important is that? That's critical. It may be the most important thing, in fact. How you look. We call this moments of truth. We have a whole uh, coaching call that we do about this with some of you. Moments of truth. How you look. How you present. That's everything from, you know, you're putting a buyer in your car this afternoon. Don't have McDonald's bags in the back of the car that you have to scramble to get rid of or don't even bother to get rid of. Okay? Don't have your car smell like McDonald's. Don't even go to McDonald's. might be related to the rest of how you look. Anyway, so it also has to do with your real estate signs. It has to do with your handshake. Do you show up early? Do you show up late? What is the impression? So how you present yourself. When was the last time you had a haircut? You know, what do your teeth look like? Everything. It does matter. And, and this is related to another coaching point, which is when do you start competing for a listing? I just know some of you guys don't think you ever compete for listings, which is why you don't take 100% of your listings. It's the first time you talk to somebody. It's how you're presenting when you first meet them. The first impression is huge. Then their next impression is huge. What does your home brochure look like? Do you still call it a flyer? Flyers are what car washes use. It's a home brochure, for example. Well, but more specifically, though, going back to the original point, though, with regards to how you actually look, because people don't walk into your office, because they don't, you, know, you don't have a storefront, per se, your appearance really does matter. When was the last time you updated your wardrobe? Julie mentioned all these other little personal things, and this stuff makes people uncomfortable. Well, if you're feeling uncomfortable by, uh, by listening to us even bring this topic up, it's probably because you know you need to lose some weight. You need to buy some new clothes. You need to have your teeth fixed. You need to do all these types of things. 
Because, guys, at the end of the day, the top 1% millionaire agents know this and they embrace this. So here's a little thought for you. The fact is, is that for the most part, homeowners and potential buyers, they view all realtors as the same. It's a blessing when you're a new realtor because nobody thinks to ask how long you've been in real estate because they assume, you know, they don't know, consumers don't know what questions to ask to really qualify one agent versus the other. Yeah, okay, so that's kind of a blessing in itself. So how do you make yourself stand out? You look successful. You dress successful. You smell successful. These (laughs) things matter. They're quick subconscious way for people to sift and sort who are the best agents and who aren't. And that's how they actually do it. The next point, point number five. Now, this is an interesting one too, Julie. The Mm -hmm. top 1% of millionaire agents, they're great question askers and storytellers. Talk about that, would you? Well, so generally people do not like to be told what to do with a statement. They might not say that to you, hey, stop telling me what to do but they have an instant subconscious reaction to that, which is what a lot of agents do when they're telling someone something. You need to do this. You need to do that. You better lower your price. What works better and also removes the client's ego, which many times is the issue, is telling a story about maybe another client that you worked with in a similar situation, and here's how they handled it so that they were successful. That removes the ego from both you and your prospect or client, It makes it a real-world story, and it helps them make a better decision. So asking questions helps lead your prospect to the right decision for them and their family. Telling stories helps it get the focus off of them so they can think straight about it. Does that make sense? It does. And by the way, guys, every one of our exclusive copyrighted scripts are question-based. That's right. What is a script? It's just logical questions. That's right. in existing students, remember, we do not ask you to memorize the scripts. We want you to internalize the scripts and then personalize the scripts, but don't fall into the typical agent trap of talking about yourself. Never talk about yourself. That is a major turnoff to anybody, but especially in sales. Let your marketing do your speaking for you. Let your success at selling the neighbor's house do your speaking for you. Let your pre-listing pack do your speaking for you. Next point, Julie, is... Point number six. Point number six, don't be complacent. Com- Always be improving. That's right. Now, so talk about how, how do they know if they're being complacent. How, so it's easy for us to say that, right? Don't be complacent. Mm-hmm. Always improve. But how would somebody know if they were being complacent? Well, they use phrases like, yeah, yeah, I already know that. I, already, right. I tried that. didn't work for me. Okay. Well, there's oh, more, yeah, there's I've obvious seen that answers before. too. Mm-hmm. How about this? They, uh, they're not making more money every year? Right. They're not the, saving the more money every year? Right, mm-hmm. look at the income. I mean, that's, you know, guys, at the end of the day, you're a business owner, you're entrepreneurs, you are really, at the end of the day, in control of your own financial destiny. And if you don't have the money that you want to have, if you're not experiencing the success that you want to experience, you know, if you don't have the stuff that you want to have, the bottom line reason is, is because you have yet to embrace the fact that there's a direct correlation to the number of people that you help at a high level accomplish their goals and you accomplishing your goals. Simply put, people are not willing to pay to do business with you. And until that happens, until you really accept that fact, you're not going to make more money. So how do you know if you're being complacent? Well, you know, ask yourself, when is the last time you, for example, upgraded your listing presentation? Do you have a listing presentation? When is the last time you upgraded your pre-listing pack? Do you have a pre-listing pack? 
Right. How often do you wing it? You know, it's interesting, Julie, when I do role play sometimes on our free coaching calls, just to kind of test some of these guys' metal to see how good they are at different uh, mm-hmm. overcoming objections. I have, I think, on one hand can count the number of times that I didn't have someone who was just winging it and just trying to throw some BS right. that they had pop in their mm-hmm. mind first. Guys, you don't think that consumers can sense that you're essentially winging it? Of course they can. When somebody's winging it, you can hear it in how they speak. You can hear it in how they, you know, basically try to, you know, move along the conversation without ever actually answering your question. The reality of it, guys, is that you need somebody outside of your personal situation, your world, your life, your business, to point out where you're complacent, and that's really where a coach comes in. And if my self-serving pitch there makes you uncomfortable, it's probably because you know what I'm saying is true, and the way it's resonating inside of you is making you uncomfortable. Embrace that, because it's time for you to basically shock yourself out of complacency. Request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Now, Julie, the last point. And this is what I think personally is the most important point. Frankly, I think it's the only reason that you would ever be in any kind of business, the only reason why you'd be sacrificing so much of your life energy you know, in your real estate business or any business. And I wrote down, lead with revenue. And obviously, when you're leading with revenue, that's going to generate the mindset of seeking profit. But Julie, can you explain what lead with revenue means in a way that maybe a lot of these agents who are, oh, I need to build a team, I need to do this, I need Mm -hmm. to do that. You know, they've been taught wrong. So help them clear the air about what lead with revenue truly means. Yeah, well, the first thing is to get clear on what your product is. Whenever we ask us, what is your product, agents oftentimes will say, well, good customer service or sales Mm -hmm. or something kind of generic, right? And all those things are kind of true, but ultimately your product, the result of your hard work, is profit. And you've got to be okay with that. If you're not, ask yourself if you would do that next transaction, you know, the deal you've been holding together, the fire you've been putting out all week. Did you do that for free? Okay. Well, you know, more really, power that, to you if sad. you would. <laughs> but go ahead. But isn't that a sad question, though, ultimately? I mean, it I don't is. like asking that. I don't like don't making either. people – well, I don't mind making people uncomfortable if it's their own good. But when it comes right. to this particular topic – of the whole profit question and what's your product, it's profit, that makes everybody uncomfortable because nobody else is saying the things that we're saying, especially in the real estate industry. Nobody's telling you guys to focus on profit. You know, when I'm sitting in a jet with Julie and we always travel together and we're usually in, you know, first class and we're sitting there listening to the, you know, when you're in first class, you can't hide when the uh, Mm, steward is giving you the whole oxygen mask thing. You have to kind of just stay attentive (laughs) because they're usually standing right in front of you. So we right. heard a million times, and I always hear them say, "In case of an emergency, and the flight, and the plane loses its, blah, 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 you put on whose mask first? Everyone, answer that question. You put on your, your mask own. first, then the yep. person next to you. How many of you are thinking of your business that way, where you're putting your mask on first, i.e., off every transaction, you're taking profit out first, and you're saving it?" You know, that is so important because, guys, listen, at the end of the year, when you're at the real estate, you know, award ceremonies and you're getting your plaques, your trophies, and your whatnot, and that's basically all you have to show for your efforts the, the previous 12 months, that and the fact you've been able to make ends meet, is that really a great year? I don't think so. A great year is when you can look back on the year and you can realize that you've paid off debt. You realize you've increased your net worth. You've saved money. You've actually moved the financial ball down the field towards the end zone. That is a great year. 
And if nobody has ever exposed you to the point that being in business is not about, you know, yes, all those things, customer service, happy clients, home sold, all that stuff is part and parcel of being in the real estate business. But your true, honest-to-God product has to be profit. If it's not, you might be able to stay in business just basically, you know, eking out some sort of meager living. But the reality of it is, is that you will, there will have been no reason for you to be in business. For you to put in the time that you're putting in, for you to take the risks that you're taking consistently, for you not to be making yourself rich is insane. Listen, guys, nobody's ever going to buy your business. Nobody's ever going to basically, you know, knock on your door one day and say, I'll buy your real estate practice. Never going to happen. You, nobody also makes – nobody gets rich from selling houses. There's another big myth. You don't get rich from selling houses. You get rich nope. from the money that you save and reinvest from selling houses. That's what matters. So, guys, listen. Here's what matters most moving forward. You have to have your head screwed on straight to make sure you're making the most of this new real estate economy. This real estate boom could mean everything for you moving forward. You could change the entire trajectory of not just your life, but the lives of your, frankly, your kids, your grandkids. Embrace it. Realize that you are here to be of service to others, and ultimately, when you are, the money will follow. It always does. If there's anything we can do for you, request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.